All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Thursday or Friday, everybody. I'm not sure which day I'm going to be releasing this episode. Today we are covering the... <laughs> we're covering uh, episode six of House of the Dragon. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We would sincerely appreciate that so you guys don't miss any more of our videos. I also have a link in the description that will take you to all of our social media pages if you guys could follow those just so that you see our little clips and stuff. Uh, we sincerely appreciate you guys supporting the show and rocking with us, and that's the best way to follow us. Week uh, six of Jason making me watch House of the Dragon. Yes. Game of week, Thrones. Week six of me slowly but surely forcing Luke. See, the thing is, is Luke, and I respect this about you, and for the record, you know, the gratuitous violence thing to me is pointless. Like, I don't, like, I'm not, I'm not bothered by it, but like, yeah, I don't need to see Sir Kristen pound a dude's face in and then watch the like pulpy mass of his head, like slosh side to side. That's right. gratuitous, unnecessary violence. So I get, or, or just a quick masturbation scene. Yeah. Just thrown in. <laughs> like what? <laughs> just jerk what? it off in the window, man. You know? I know. <laughs> but like, but dude, uh, like my I heart is it. becoming blackened I, by watching this show. <laughs> I understand where where Luke is coming from, and I appreciate him giving it the effort. I always told him that he would really like House of the uh, House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones because of the narrative weight. Like we, you know, okay. Plot. So for instance, there was a there was a story that came out uh, this morning, I think, <clears throat> that Hugh Jackman is reprising Wolverine. I oh, sent, I sent these to you this morning. I know. I was working out. Oh, okay, just well, getting huge. <laughs> just getting Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, look, these videos of basically Hugh Jackman's going to reprise uh, Wolverine in the new Deadpool movie. And uh, my producers and I, for when, for the company I work at, uh, we were talking about how um, like Marvel just has this like freedom of movement to just throw stuff in at various points in time. Like this would be the equivalent of like if they just... Like if we were watching, um, you know, a random High Republic movie five years from now, and then they just like were like, hey, you know, it'd be fun. Let's throw Revan in here, you know, just yeah. even though it didn't make sense with the timeline right. or anything. Like, but the thing is, is like in comic books they have that kind of flexibility. But like, For sure. Star Star Wars is a very sacred a timeline, a very sacred uh, lore that's behind it. And Game of Thrones is very similar, right? And like you're even seeing this with Lord of the Rings, where they're venturing outside of the of the of the popular lore, and it's like infuriating Tolkien fans. Yeah, and Tolkien fans are 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 they're pretty large, uh, uh, you know, kind of fan base. They've because, existed for a very long time because it's been around forever. Yeah, you know, and uh, but yeah. So my thing was like, I thought Luke would really enjoy Game of Thrones because it, it's it's got a similar respect for the timeline and for the yeah. lore that Star Wars does, but he keeps getting distracted by random masturbation scenes and <laughs> random incest and random face pulpings and things along those <laughs> face pulpings <laughs> and things things along those lines. Gather round for the face pulping. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, he's pushing through it. I'm pushing through, and you know, for the record, I do like the plot. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, right? I think it's very. Good. I'm I, we're, I'm rewatching Game of Thrones right now, and it's I like this is my third time through it, and I am thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah. Um, so we have skipped forward ten years. Yeah, recasting. And for the record, there's going to be an additional time skip a week from Sunday that is going to lead to the final recastings. Uh, presumably, these kids that we saw in this scene and this yeah. in this episode are all going to be recasted. Uh, but I I think like. I'm I'm coming around on the concept because a civil war involves, especially within a family, yeah, involves people who love each other trying to kill each other. 
Hmm. You know, um, like these are Rhaenyra's nephews that she's going to be going to war against. Yeah. You know what I mean? Led by a woman who was her best friend as a child. And these time jumps, as annoying as they are and as confusing as they are, they're very important to setting the stage for what this civil war ends up being. Right. And I appreciate them taking the time. And for the record, the recastings, like Lady Allison and, or the Queen Allison and um, Princess Rhaenyra, the new actresses they brought in are freaking phenomenal. No, they're great actresses. Um, I'm going to get a little nitpicky. Okay, let's hear though, it. Though, I don't think the actresses for Rhaenyra look similar. Oh, they don't look anything at alike. all. And and their um, their body mechanics are completely different. Yes, they are. They act way differently from each other. They I I I okay, the body mechanics I can see what you're getting at there although I'm less observant than you. Where I do think they're very similar is I think she's got the the Rainier obstinance, that attitude, that edge. Yeah. That I think she does a for good sure. job with that. But and that's written. That's written into a plot. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But and body mechanics are almost impossible to replicate from right. human to human. And I, like I said, nitpicky. Nitpicky. Exactly. So. But like I, I did appreciate like and I was I was talking again to one of my producers about this the other day, and I was like it's amazing how good acting will cover for just about anything in terms of like getting you, getting you back involved. Like Lord of the Rings in the last two episodes, actually I've had moments where I've gotten a little bit kind of like sucked out of the universe by how cheesy it can be sometimes. Mm, really? And I, uh, not, not to the extent that I'm not enjoying it cause I'm very much enjoying it, but there's no doubt that like game of Thrones has done a much better job of keeping me invested in what's happening. Right. Um, and kind of feeling like I'm in that universe. Excuse me, rather than what Lord of the Rings has done. Hmm. Um, so first of all, Rhaenyra and her three bastard children that, yes. that uh, she has with Sir Harwin Strong, who is the hand of the king's son. And he's also the head of the city watch. Correct. The I This is the part that bothers me. Game of Thrones has like a, a rumor mill. Like a gossip chain. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a huge thing. It was in the original Game of Thrones. It's here now. Everybody knows everything about everyone. Yeah. Even there's a scene in this episode where Damon's talking with uh, Lady Lena. And they're talking about the bastard children. And, and he's like completely aware of everything that happens in Game of Thrones. They're like, oh, you know, you know Sir, Sir, uh, um, Sir Loris Tyrell. Yeah, he's a... You know, he's clearly gay. That Everyone talks about it. Yeah. And so if everybody knew that Lionel was gay, um, the Valerian yeah. son, mm-hmm. and like, is it, and everyone married her, her off anyway because of the powers of the house. Like, right. Why isn't everyone just like, yeah, let her, let her go have babies with someone else. Like, I, I, I don't understand why they're like looking at that as, as some huge, it's that or no babies. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Like, but, but my point is, is, like, is like, I, I, I want to be like, why is Lady Allison playing this like moral high ground over Rhaenyra? She's married to a guy who's gay. They right. have a mutual understanding. He gets to go do what he does. She gets to go do what she does. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to well, me. Well, I think at the end of the day, people are so uptight about bloodlines and they want that like that pure bloodline to exist. And also, whatever the king says is biblical. Yeah. Right? So, so the king is not willing to admit it, even though he knows it. And because he's not willing to admit it, that is the law of the land and Rhaenyra has legitimate children, for now, at least. And like, and, and it pisses me off because it's like, it's like, Lady Allison, you're a brunette. Your yeah. dad's a brunette. Oh, I know. Your kids have white hair. You're lucky. Yeah. Okay? 
Like, oh, Rainier, I see. Rainier is with the brunette too. Her kids are coming out brunette. And she's like checking the hair and like judge, judging the kids. I'm like, yeah. I want to be like, your hair, your next kid very well could have brown hair. But like, like three of them and Jason, like keep in mind, they're both white. That's right. No, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. You're, no, you're right. Like you're, you're cause the Valerian hair is white. No, I, right. I get that. I get that. But I want to be like, if your concern is the pure blood, then why are you so uh, like, oh, Aegon should be the king? Because he's not pure blood. True, true. We should get a geneticist on. Yeah, can, and they, anybody they, they can go over like, the pedigree of, <laughs> of Game of Thrones families and whether or not the likelihood of a legitimate <laughs> son is true or not. Dude, it was super weird how like, like the dynamic where like Lionel's like totally down to play father. Oh, I know. Like, he was like, like, we have a new son. I know. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's so bizarre. She's like, yeah, you can you can hold them, sure. Oh my god, why not? Well, okay, like, let's talk about the dynamic of um of Lady Allison holding the new babe. That was creepy. Oh, dude. Well, and her making her bring the baby like right away. Yeah. And what was stupid about that is like, it's not like they'd be able to hide his hair color for his entire <laughs> lifetime. Like eventually one day he'd be out in the yard while he's playing with swords and be like, why are his roots brown? You know, like, so like, it, like her, so funny. her requiring her like literally bleeding post birth yeah. to lumber up a bunch of stairs and bring her the baby, like total, total like uh mean move from yeah. Lady Allison. For not, sure. Not, not no longer chill. friendly. Mm-mm. Yeah, at all. I actually like the dynamic between Rhaenyra and Lionel, though, because like even at the end when they decide to go to Dragonstone, yeah. like she's like, "Yeah, you can bring your guy." Like they're they're kind of like they they kind of like have this cool relationship. I was gonna bring that up. They they jive really well mm-hmm. together, don't they? Like they both get each other. They're both like very tolerant of each other and, and and their needs. And he actually seemed in tune to her. Like he he was acting like a husband and actually there's different types of love right so it seems like there is true love between those two and Mm -hmm. it does seem like they've got each other it's a different kind of love it's a different type of love the way he treats her like a gentleman every time and like the the way he's taking care of her after the birth like right i all in all uh i kind of i kind of enjoyed that dynamic they're clearly setting up rainira as the sympathetic figure Mm -hmm. and allison as kind of like the jerk figure i read this i read this article this morning or i didn't read it i saw it on my twitter feed and you know when you go to it twitter has like an explore page where they show top stories and and one of the things was like it's hard to root for anybody in game of thrones or in house of the dragon to get on the iron throne because they're all bad people and i want to be like i actually like rhaenyra i like rhaenyra i like i think rhaenyra is strong-minded in a good way and has she done anything really sketchy no she i think she's honorable like okay yeah so she's 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 she likes to have sex cool that's not a bad thing that's not like (laughs) that's not a bad thing like I don't know what to tell you. Like that's totally. She's a little into her uncle, slightly, but not really. But yeah, yes. but that's a Targaryen thing, though. Yeah, okay, it's normal. But I I stand for Rhaenyra and her behavior. You know, if I had to pick somebody, it'd be Rhaenyra. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Alicent is like clearly like a super manipulative, she's super jealous king. person. She's pseudo king. Oh, she's completely she overstepping her boundaries right now. Um, she's totally in the king's ear. Well, first of all, she's just some, like Otto was. She somehow, oh, well, she absolutely is. Uh, she somehow manages to convince everyone in King's Landing, even though they watched Sir Kristen beat a man to a pulp at a wedding feast, that he a total is, vibe kill. That he is now totally chill and trustworthy and can be the queen's personal guard. Doesn't it look like Kristen Cole that the Every single ounce of life has just been sucked out of that man. Oh, dude. And he's just a husk of dude. like a sh- soldier that's standing there. 
Game of Thrones did this a lot with different characters where like one scene you'd see uh, uh, Sajora Mormont and he's like this strong, you know, uh, supporter and and servant to uh, Lady Daenerys or to Daenerys Targaryen, and then like two episodes later, he's just completely down on his luck. Got found, got discovered for spying on her, and got kicked out of the city. And now he's like this, like basically like a drifter. And like Jeez. they do this a lot, where like at one moment, like we're like Sir Kristen has slayed a boar and is, yeah. is the is like the main trustworthy companion to Rhaenyra and then like two episodes later he's like this withered like beaten down I man know. who's now just like Lady Allison's bitch basically and then, like, and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then he starts talking bad about Rhaenyra and it was so bad that Lady Allison was even like dude yeah like chill out bro let's check yourself yeah you're taking it a little too far and you sound like a, a lovelorn uh, person um we meet uh, Lady Allison's children, Aegon mm-hmm. and Aemond. And what I thought was interesting there uh, was it kind of reminded me of the coin flip Targaryen thing that we talked mm. about a lot where like Aegon is clearly like really off in the head a little bit. Not in like a Joffrey <laughs> way where he's like uh, like deeply, deeply cruel, but there's de- he's definitely cruel for a child. He also seems a little stupid. Oh, he's absolutely stupid. Yeah, yeah, he's absolutely and it, th- yeah. There's there's definitely like a um, like a little like, cross eyed appearance to him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And when when Allison finds him uh, jerking off in the window, like there's kind of like this moment where he looks like very feeble as she's like chastising him in in, in a certain <laughs> so way. Ridiculous. But then Amond kind of seems like a uh, a little bit more of like a down to earth type of kid. Um, and it's not entirely that. shocking from the perspective of the little brother versus firstborn concept. Yeah. And, and that's very similar to Joffrey and Tommen. Joffrey was the insane one. Tommen was the very nice and kind one. Um, I think in the time jump, all of these people are going to be adults and they're, so all gonna, and they're all going to play major roles in the civil war to come. I think so too. We were talking about acting and I didn't think any of the children were super great actors uh no but the, it, i have low standards for children actors like yeah. when you see stuff like Arya and Arya stark and game of thrones like killing it like that's rare like yeah. it's, it's kind of it's kind of a rare thing. well my my, my 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 point is is yeah i think they're going to be recasted pretty quickly oh the kid i think the kids will legitimately placeholders yep yeah um so the the last major thing we got to address here is this uh climactic scene at the end where laris who is very similar He's almost like a combination of of Lord Varys and Lord uh, Baelish from Game of Thrones. Or Lord Baelish was the evil manipulator, and Lord yeah. Varys was the master of whispers, and he had all the intel. Yeah. This guy's like both, kind of like wrapped into one. He's got all the whispers and all the intel, but he's also like deeply manipulative. Yeah, and, and he's got and that evil. weird like cult like following. Oh, dude, his symbol is a bee, right? Yeah, and then those dudes who are who are going around. Where were they at? Uh, what what was that kingdom that they were at? Where he ends up having his brother and dad killed. Oh, Heron Hall. Yeah. So yeah, he's got this little cult like following that lives there that does his or will. or that went there and, and executed this mission. Yeah, like he's he's clearly got uh, and that cult following does not appear to be associated with his house. Correct. Um, I'd agree with that. In the scene, we see Harwin die, 
mm-hmm. but you just see Lionel banging on the door. Right. So, but then you, I, I, I watched the preview for the next week. I did not watch the, the, the like breakdown scene. So you watched the breakdown scene and they yeah. said that Lionel dies too. I'm 90% sure that they said it. It was pretty late when I was watching it, but I'm pretty sure that he, they talked about how both of them had passed. So that explains something to me because in the preview episode, a lot goes down. The well, before we get to that, uh, the the final scene, Lady Allison categorically is like, "I did not ask you to do this. You crossed the line." Right. And and Laris basically like says like, "Oh, I'm sure you'll repay me in time." And I know. you know what was creepy about that? It was almost like he was blackmailing her. Yeah. Kind of like everyone. And the the dynamic that I was picking up is more like a. She knows, or he knows, that everyone in the entire kingdom will suspect Alicent is responsible for this. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, he is almost saying, like, I can basically implicate you in this, so you better do whatever I ask. Yeah. That was kind of the vibe I was It was an ultimate power move. So, I was watching this, and when he did that, I thought how similar Game of Thrones is to the TV show Survivor. Oh really? Okay, I want to hear this take. <laughs> so, so, and it's actually very superficial and not that deep. So, in Survivor, everyone knows that you're playing a game. Like it becomes very apparent after like the first couple seasons that anyone who's willing to go and play Survivor, like you're gonna have to manipulate people. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. You're gonna have to lie to people. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. But then they create these uh, relationships and these friendships that, as they're happening, they seem like super strong, super golden. And then one person gets voted out and the whole entire dynamic changes. And then all of a sudden you can just backstab someone super, super easily just because they trust you. <laughs> and that's exactly, that's exactly what Game of Thrones is. Only this is like real life where people are actually dying. It's a little... Uh, well, not real life. Of course, it's in, you know, an you know, it's a, a TV show, right? But you get my point. No, I get, I get you. Yeah, like, like even, even trust is... Well, and that, that's a huge thing in the original Game of Thrones in the first season is like... Uh, Lord Varys and Lord Baelish are everyone they talk to or they're like don't trust anyone yeah like, the first thing you need to do is just not trust and anyone. that's what survivor contestants say they're yeah. like you cannot trust anybody like people who form relationships and they think that they're all tight and then the next week they're voting them off mm-hmm. and they're leading it too they're like you know what people wouldn't suspect if I voted off my new boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wild um, but okay so sorry but, you get no, no, off on a tangent Oh, okay. So the my the, the thing from the end. So from the uh, preview, you see the hand of the king symbol go on what looks to be Allison's father. Otto. Yes. My first thought when I saw that was, um, and at that point I did not know that Lionel had died. Ah, uh, but when I well, my we, first I think thought he did. I mean, well, we we think we'll he find did. Out. We don't know. But uh, my first thought when I saw that was like, oh, okay, in the next episode, Viserys will die. Um, <laughs> That's our running over under. <laughs> Rhaenyra is going to be at Dragonstone. And rather than calling Rhaenyra to come back to King's Landing, Lady uh, Alicent is going to make some sort of proclamation that Rhaenyra is dishonorable. And then name... Aegon, the king, mm. and then bring back Otto Hightower to be his hand. That was my first theory when I saw that. Now ah. that now that I saw that, uh, um, now that now that Lionel. I've seen that Lionel might have died as well. This might be a simple hand of the king replacement, 
and it very well could end up being either Otto or even Laris yeah. becoming the Hand of the King. But something, there's going to be a new Hand of the King in the next episode. It looks like it was Otto, but it's hard to say. Well, he definitely has a part because he's there. you see his face again. This entire episode, you didn't see Otto's face, but then in yeah. the previews, he's there, yeah. Exactly. And then there's also clearly Viserys is still alive, at least for part of the next episode, because there's that weird scene where he's like sitting in the throne and he's got like a cap on his head. That like covers his you know destroyed scalp or whatever I, I, I don't know his his general uh, you know schmiegelness <laughs> he, he, he is schmiegling hard <laughs> so, he looks so bad he's got one arm and he's kind of got a little gut they put like a little pillow underneath his his uh, his shirt it looked like when he was in any definitely in any doesn't scene. look great um, anything else in your notes from this one Damon just an all time father figure all of a sudden oh yeah dude just like, totally like just dude, on just, vacation Damon's just Damon's literally just just playing house He's just playing house. He's on vacation. He's got no worries. He's like, yeah, I like it here. You know, we don't have to deal with all the politics. And then his wife, what's his wife's name? Uh, Lena. Um, Lena. The contrast between Lena's childbirth death and um, the queen's childbirth death was in stark contrast, right? There was so much interest in, intrigue there. Well, first of all, she leans into it. She, she just leans walks into out it there and hard. Sacrifices herself. She makes the decision. Mm-hmm. Also, Damon asks her, which I thought was really interesting. Well, he, they imply that Damon asks her because in uh, when when Viserys does it, they right. walk up to her. It's very hidden. Pin her down. Cut the baby out. She's like, "What's happening? What's happening? What's happening?" Oh. The, ma- the so maester bad. goes to Damon, tells him the reality, <clears throat> says, hey, we can cut the baby out, but the, the wife's go- your wife's going to die. At that point, they show him walk up to her, and then they skip ahead to her running out and killing herself. So presumably, Damon goes to the trouble of talking to Lena about it, which yeah. I thought was really cool. Like, Damon's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. Right. And, <clears throat> and my longstanding theory is that he's going to side with Rhaenyra in the Civil War, which I told you about. So like I, I I'm a big uh, uh, that that dynamic. I, I think they're turning Damon into a more sympathetic figure, and I thought I thought that that was really cool. There was okay two things though. First of all, the power dynamics in Essos. So the Stepstones have fallen again to a new guy. They've also gone into an alliance with Dorne. Now Dorne, to be clear, when they always they mm. call it the Seven Kingdoms, but it's really the Six Kingdoms. Because the uh, when um, when Aegon Tar- the original Aegon Targaryen uh, conquered Westeros, the one kingdom that resisted the dragons was Dorne. Now, from what I understand, they were they were like a loose ally, meaning like they weren't at war with each other. But Dorne stayed independent from the, from the six kingdoms. Now Dorne has allied with Stepstones, and these uh, these people are in Bravos, I believe. Uh, I, I think they're it's either Bravo, Bravos or some other Essos co- continent or country. But basically, the leaders of this this continent come to uh, country come up to Damon and they're like, "Look, we feel a threat from these people. If you and your dragons stay here, we'll give you all the money. <laughs> like basically, right. like we want you to stay here. Basically, as a symbol of our like defense and inability to be yeah. conquered. But Lena feels the sense of purpose mm-hmm. to go back to the seven kingdoms and get involved in the conflict, which right. I thought was an interesting dynamic. She, yeah. She's got the sense of purpose. Her dragon is sweet. She rides Vagar. Yeah. So she got the biggest dragon somehow. How yeah. cool is that? That, that thing is tight. 
And how dope is it that like the her whole family used to never ride dragons, but then suddenly her brother did at the Battle of the Stepstones, and then suddenly she gets Vagar, right? And and uh, Vagar, uh, uh, it, it just that whole dynamic was really cool. And then honestly, like as you know, the Targaryen blood, the when you have the blood of the dragon, you are impervious to fire, mm-hmm. and they don't actually show it. Or I think they might show the second daughter. I can't remember, but presumably the baby survives when the dragon burns up the, the mom, which I thought oh. was cool. Oh, you didn't catch that part. So, no, I did not catch so, that at all. So there was a weird scene at the end where like Damon's with two daughters. I did And not. I thought he only had one daughter and the and the pregnant wife. Oh, no. Or was there two? But either, I think he had two like fairly <clears throat> old daughters. I don't know. Dude, either you're way, the wrong But either way, I believe Lady Lena went to the dragon and asked the dragon to kill her, knowing that her baby would survive because it had the Targaryen. Blood That's a in cool it. take. Yes, that scene was amazing because they did such a good job of making the dragon almost seem human. Oh, dude, it you was can, cool. You can, there was a point where the dragon's looking at her, and you could tell the dragon's thinking, "Like, are you sure mm-hmm. You're, we're really going to do this?" And then she says it again, and the dragon just does it. And just sits there afterwards. It was wild. Dude. Well, there's another dragon uh, moment in Game of Thrones that I will not spoil that involves uh, 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 basically a Daenerys Targaryen's dragon making a, a, a similar type of decision. And uh, uh, I, I won't spoil it, but like it's it like they, they do make the dragons very human characters. Mm-hmm. It's actually really, really cool. They put a great amount of detail into the dragons. <laughs> also, the smaller dragon when the kids are are meeting it. Oh when yeah, yeah in, like yeah. the that that little like coliseum area was a really the dragon cool. pits, dude. Like, yeah, those super neat, dude, super I, neat. I I am I've the whole lore of, of Game of Thrones has, has got me all in. Yeah. But uh, tune in for uh, week seven of me being forced to watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, next Wednesday. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you as always for your support, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot.